As you've probably heard by now, we've teamed up with BetMGM this season. We'll be using BetMGM lines to make all of our picks, and we'll have special offers for our listeners each week. If you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC, and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager with BetMGM. Here's how it works. Download the BetMGM app and sign up using bonus code THEATHLETIC. Make your first deposit of at least $10, place your first bet on any game, and claim your voucher for a one-year subscription to The Athletic. See BetMGM.com for terms. U.S. promotional offers not available in D.C., Mississippi, New York, Nevada, Ontario, or Puerto Rico. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Available in the U.S. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY 467-369 in New York. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona. 1-800-327-5050 in Massachusetts. 1-800-BETS-OFF in Iowa. 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help in Michigan. 1-800-981-0023 in Puerto Rico. First bet offer for new customers only in partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel. Don't forget, if you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager. Ultimately, I'm going to keep saying it. Get 1% better every day. Just get a little bit better every day. Hey, Stephen Holder. I'm here with Zach Kiefer, and we're back. We got another episode of 1% Better, and this one was not a planned episode, but uh, news never stops, right? Not when it's training camp and it involves Colts quarterbacks, because you know it's the Colts. <laughs> it's what they do. So uh, we got news, and if you are paying any measure of attention, you know by now Carson Wentz is going to be out for a little bit. Uh, he has to undergo foot surgery uh, for, I guess, a, a bone fragment in his foot uh, that became dislodged. And, and that has been the source of the problem here the, the past few days uh, since he uh, left that practice last Thursday a little bit early toward the end of practice, uh, trying to get some clarity on what was going on. We finally got that on what day is today? Uh, we got that on Monday because I don't <laughs> yeah, know what day it is. We're at that stage of camp. <laughs> exactly. So anyhow, lots of fallout here. And we wanted to cover it in this episode. Uh, we will get to other goings on of training camp later this week in our normal episode and sort of wrap up the week there. Uh, but for, for here, I think we wanted to recap what happened and, and what now, you know, for the Colts at quarterback. So, I don't know what 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 is for you, Zach. What's what's the primary question that comes to mind here for you? I mean, because there's lots of tentacles with this, right? Like, right. how long is it going to be? Uh, what about the guys behind him? I mean, you know, what do the Colts do in the market? All that. So, like, for what what for you do you think is the chief question here? You've got Carson Wentz out for worst case scenario. You're talking three months, yeah. And then you've got these young quarterbacks behind him with literally no experience you got this football team that is primed with lots of talent on both sides of the ball this ain't a great situation so i don't know where where do you start you know i was checking out of the grocery aisle last night and after camp you know you're in westfield for nine ten hours and you get home and the guy in the checkout aisle says you know Stephen Holder, I saw that tweet he had today about all the injuries you guys have had to cover the last couple of years. <laughs> Shout out to that guy. And I was Shout like, yeah, man, I lived, I lived through that. And he's like, how's Eason looked? And I'm like, here we go again. Um, 
man, it just it never stops. We've had two clean seasons when it term when it comes to quarterback and injuries in the last what five or six or seven years. I I oh. lost track. Um, that's what comes to mind because we have another training camp marred by an injury, and it's hard to watch practice. And Kenny Moore is playing great, and Taekwon Lewis is having a good day, and then. You know, Paris Campbell looks – it's hard to weigh all that with this in the back of my mind because none of it really matters until Carson Wentz comes back. Um, but here's what I do want to make clear. Um, I did talk to a foot and ankle specialist last night. He's he's really well respected. He actually works with the Los Angeles Rams, the Colts' Week 2 opponent. So he knows these injuries very well. This is unbelievably unlucky for this to happen to Carson Wentz when it did. Mm-hmm. Um, so what happened specifically was – he broke a bone in his foot a long time ago. Frank said possibly even in high school. So we're talking, you know, 10, 11 years ago, whatever. And the bone embedded itself, that piece of that piece of bone that broke off just embedded itself in some tissue and it was painless. There was no pain. Um, and so um, he's been playing on it ever since without even knowing it. And this happens with a lot of people. There's a lot of people that come into this clinic and say, hey, I think I have a foot injury. I think I have an ankle injury. Um, and it's because the bone fragment came loose. And so whatever Carson did on Thursday, and he had a great practice. This is coming off an absolutely electric yep. practice. He tore up the defense, had that deep shot to Zach Pascal. We haven't seen the offense play that well since. Um, but at the very end of that practice, he rolled out to his right, and he stepped on it wrong. And that bone fragment came loose. And the pain started to hit him. And I remember he came over and did a quick interview with NFL Network. And then he told the doctors, like, something's not right. So they figured this all out over the weekend. Lots of rumors, lots of speculation. Frank laid it out pretty clearly that surgery was was always going to be what they were going to do. That was always the leading option. They don't want to have this linger. They don't want to have this creep up in October and then lose him for 5 to 12 weeks. So they're going to lose the preseason with Carson Wentz, which is not ideal. He needed the preseason. He needed these preseason games, even if he was just going to play a series. This is a quarterback coming back from the worst year of football he's ever played. So this is a shot to a really good team. And and we saw Carson on Thursday, and I think you got the impression too from Chris Ballard that this guy was pretty amped about what he saw from his new quarterback on Thursday. Yeah. So a really big shot to this team. It's going to be Jacob Eason's show for now. I never thought that Nick Foles was the right play. I don't think you do that with Carson Wentz being your guy. Not just this year. This isn't a 2021 decision. This is a four-year play at quarterback with Wentz. That's what his contract is. So I think they're just going to have to bite the bullet. And 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 I think this is what you're going to write either today or tomorrow. Now the pressure shifts not just to Jacob Eason, but a lot of it shifts to Frank Reich. It does. And I, I think he is, to be honest, he's their best hope. <laughs> because, yeah. you know, look, Jacob Eason and Sam Ellinger or whatever, and, or some other quarterback who, you know, TBD, whatever the situation, it's not going to be somebody who's well-equipped to to handle the situation, okay? Even if you get a veteran in here, you're getting somebody that doesn't know the terminology, even Nick Foles. While he knows most of the principles in the offense and, and he can function, I'm, I have no doubt about that, uh, he would have a learning curve, and it would be probably more significant than people even appreciate you know so put a pretty good convincing case out there yesterday when he was asked he really about it by the bears reporters <laughs> talk about a guy who is self-aware okay he knows he's probably not for long for chicago and he's thinking huh that's a nice comfy landing spot indianapolis but uh be that as it may we'll see how that plays out right now let's 
let's be clear about something. Okay, so here's what we know, and here's we can tell you what what we know from talking to people we trust. The Colts are not looking for a move as we sit here today. They think, all right, we got this young quarterback. We invested a draft pick in him. He sat behind two really studious veterans last year in Philip Rivers and and Jacoby Brissett, and they want to see what Jacob Eason can do given some time. Look, they have almost six weeks to opening day. It's a long time. I'm not saying that a guy can turn into a different quarterback in six weeks. I mean, you kind of are what you are, but he can make some progress in six weeks given what little he has done before. He hasn't done anything. So six weeks for him, six weeks of work with the first team offense, that's a lifetime compared to what he's had in the past, right. which is nothing. That's a good point. So, and remember, this guy hasn't played football, real football, in three of his last four years. That's a Transferred, good point. was was hurt at Georgia, transferred, played at Washington. Last year was a redshirt year. So it wasn't going to be great from the start, and it hasn't been at training camp. Yeah, and, and I've tried to keep that in perspective. I, I think – you know, people have I've heard from a few people on social media who have said maybe, you know, being a little hard on the guy. Yeah, I think that's probably true. Yeah, I probably have been hard on him. But that's the thing. I think that's where they are. OK, the calculus has changed and the way you view Jacob Eason has to change. OK, because he has to be ready. So the bar's higher now. And so, you know, if we have to beat him up a little bit <laughs> and be a little brutally honest, then that's just what it is. And he's a big boy. He can handle it. But uh, the Colts know that, too. Like, you know, they're not going to they're not going to sit here and coddle him and say, it's OK. It's not OK. Like, you got to get it done. Right. And and you can you can do that and operate like that with also understanding that you have to have realistic expectations, too. So it's a push and pull. I, I think that's. I think that's something that, that can be done. You can walk and chew gum at the same time. Let's walk through like what we've seen yeah. at camp from him. Okay. Like okay. everyone wants to know, like, are you being too hard on him? Well, come to camp and, and let me know what you think. Um, what have you seen? Because it's been it's been very similar almost every day. Right. I think the biggest problem is I think it's not one specific thing. I think the biggest trend I've seen is just inconsistency. Yeah. Really inconsistent. Like he has he has thrown some good balls like that's not it's not, we're not saying he hasn't made some plays he has but he doesn't stack them together you know you're not seeing one after another after another you're seeing good play here poor decision there good play here ee, bad throw into into double coverage what are you doing you know and yeah, so the decision making and the inconsistency those are the two things for me um he has to being more consistent involves a lot of different things, but but the one thing that I think is is if we want to get specific, the one thing that's that specifically I think is plaguing him right now is just his decision making, and that's bad because that's not something that's going to completely change in six weeks, you know. And I think that is something to be concerned about. I'm not surprised, right? Yeah, like we shouldn't be surprised. I mean, he's never played in NFL defense. Gee, I wonder why he's making bad decisions, but. I just think that is what it is, and we have to be honest about that. So, um, you know, he, he's wait till you get out there and you start seeing some of these really, really multiple defenses. You know, the look, they're facing Pete Carroll and company in the opener. Okay, and so like, you know, wait till they start showing showing him some things, blitzes and and the like, 
you know, the Colts don't do a lot of that. So he's going to see a lot more of that even next week when the Panthers come to town. So that, that for me, if you, if you ask me, that's the issue. Um, well, how about this? How much growth can he make? Do you think? I mean, we have to be realistic about this, right? It's, this is not magic, but right. How much growth can he make? Do you think in six weeks? I think he can get there and there is serviceable because there's a couple factors that he's got, I think. So Eason doesn't look overwhelmed. He doesn't look like a lost puppy. And -hmm. I think he has a good grasp of the playbook. I think he understands what's happening and and where he needs to go with the ball. Now he's been hesitant to throw some downfield looks, and I think that he wants guys to be wide open. And in this league, they're not going to be wide open, especially when Kari Willis is back there and Blackman and Kenny Moore. I mean, they're all over these receivers. So he's going to have to learn that. And a lot of NFL quarterbacks have to go through that. He needs to soften it up on some of the shorter throws. He's rocketing it in to Moelle Cox from 15 feet away, and he doesn't need to do that. He does not need to do that. So, you know, these are these are teachable things. I think a lot of the stuff we've seen so far is teachable, and that's all you want at this point, right? You want a guy that understands what he's doing, but you can also teach these little intricacies of the position, and he's got one of the best quarterback coaches in the game, and Frank Reich. I mean, this guy... Got Jacoby Brissett ready in 15 days, you know, and Brissett was much further along than Eason, but that worked for five or six games before Jacoby got hurt. So um, Frank has a way of tailoring the offense to fit what the quarterback can do, but more importantly, to not make him do stuff he can't do well. And and it's going to be a limited offense with Eason. We know we can throw it a mile. I'd expect him to take some deep shots, but you got to lean on Taylor. You got to lean on Mack. And we should mention the fact that, that Ryan Kelly's not playing right now. So he's got a backup center in. Quentin Nelson left yesterday's workout. And Sam Tevy is getting absolutely destroyed by Quiddy Pay on the edge, like almost every day. And Kamoko Toure is in there too. And Grover Stewart's in there from some sacks too. So a lot of these plays are breaking down within a second or two, and Easton doesn't have a chance. Um, so a lot of factors are going into this. But I do, I really do think like the Colts are leaving the field with teachable take for Easton. I don't look at him. I've seen guys that can't play. Like in 2017, we watched Tolzien every day, and I was like, this guy cannot play in this league. Now, I'm not saying Easton's ready. It's August 3rd. We've got a ways to go. But I do think they can get him to a place where he can play for a game and give you a shot. Uh, It's going to take a lot of work by Frank Reich, maybe a little bit of magic by Frank Reich. Um, But Easton's made some throws outside the numbers. We know we can throw it a mile. They're going to have some downfield threats. Frank's really good with – you know, creating an offense where he can get guys really open. Like those crossers last year, they would run with Rivers. I mean, those guys were wide open. And you'll take that all day. So um, I think it's just going to be a progress. And I think really with Eason, ask me in two weeks where he's at. You know, these reps are so valuable because he hasn't gotten any. And you can study the playbook and you can stay after practice and make all the throws like he did last year. But until you see a real defense coming at you, you know, that's the most valuable thing a young quarterback can get. And you know, I'd mentioned this in my story today, and I'm not comparing him to these guys because he's not these guys. But, you know, Peyton Manning couldn't find a receiver in his first workout with the Colts. And he turned to Bruce Arians and said, nobody's open. And Bruce said, yeah, they are. This is the NFL. And Andrew <laughs> Luck got worked over in his first workout with the Colts and ran off the field and told an assistant coach, what the hell just happened? Now, they got it together pretty quickly. Easton's going to take a little bit more time, but it's not uncommon for a young quarterback to come in and just and just not be able to move the ball very well against the defense. 
Looking for an assist with your credit card but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human and customer service at any time. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. And now, two pigeons bemoaning the fact you can stream DirecTV satellite free. You see this? A family watching baseball on DirecTV with no satellite dish in sight. Let's heckle them. You call that changing the channel? Choke up on the remote, buddy. I hope getting all these games on DirecTV makes up for your mother not pre-chewing your sunflower seeds. DirecTV has the most MLB games. Visit DirecTV.com. Claim based on total games offered on national and regional sports networks with choice package or higher. Availability of RSNs varies by zip code and package. High-speed internet service required. Terms and restrictions apply. And now, two pigeons bemoaning the fact you can stream DirecTV satellite-free. Hey, Frank, a little birdie told me you don't need a satellite dish to get DirecTV. What's the little birdie? Was it Jimmy the Sparrow? It's a figure of speech. Point is, you can stream DirecTV over the internet now. Oh, sure. Next you're going to tell me those big birds are made of metal and filled with people, right? <laughs> you mean airplanes? Stream DirecTV without a satellite dish. Visit DirecTV.com. High-speed internet service required. Terms and restrictions apply. This is, as a fan for you guys out there, this is going to require some patience. I know you don't have patience. Nobody on Twitter has patience. (laughs) It's because people keep telling you this is a good team, right? And now the quarterback's out and you're thinking, okay, I got all my hopes up for nothing. But uh, maybe you did. I don't know. Maybe they're going to suck. I don't know, okay? I don't know. But that's the point. We don't know how this is going to go. And I think it's too early. Here's the thing. Jacob Beeson... Look, I haven't had a lot of good things to say, but I also admit and understand that he has had, I believe, what, three practices with the first team offense now? Yeah, Friday, Saturday, Monday. So, like, that's like nothing. Exactly. So, you know, you're talking about a guy who, you know, how many times has this guy thrown to T.Y. Hilton? Probably never, okay, until, like, last week. So, just as an example. And so, I know he did work out. He's been a lot of time in California, for example, with Michael Pittman and, and so and Desmond Patman, for example, but he certainly didn't have a defense chasing. Yeah, yeah, right. And you already mentioned the offensive line. That is not going to be his offensive line. Okay, let's be clear. Uh, unless something is drastically wrong with Quentin Nelson, which I don't think they didn't. The, the initial he said reaction stepped wasn't on his foot or something. Yeah. Now Quentin went back in for a couple plays and then left again. So I mean, if it, if it was like. If, it, if that thing was falling off, he would have been carted off and we would have never seen him again. But he did go back in briefly before leaving the practice. So I don't, I'm going to work under the assumption Quentin Nelson's okay because he's, you know, he's Quentin Nelson. But uh, point being, that's not the offensive line he's going to have, presumably, on opening day. Ryan Kelly, we expect him back in, a, in another week and a half or so. So I, I think that will be a big boost. Running game, obviously, is a factor. Uh, they're going to have to just, they're going to have to fake it, you know, fake it till you make it type of deal. And it was cliche, but like they're, they're going to have to kind of fake it a little bit of smoke and mirrors and, and hope for the best on Carson Wentz. That's honestly, that's the recipe. And, and knowing Frank Reich will know that, look, this quarterback does have arm talent. I got to figure out a way to harness that, but also not let him get himself in trouble. Now that's a lot. That's, that's a tough job, but that's why Frank Reich, is one of the best. So we'll see. He has he has functioned very well the last three seasons with this offense, uh, with 
three different quarterbacks. So, I mean, granted, not the same situation. Those are very experienced quarterbacks. But, you know, he found a way to get it done under very different circumstances. I think this is a better team than those teams. So so he's got that going for him. So we'll see. Um, now, five quarterbacks in four years. <laughs> <laughs> Jesus. Oh, my God. Yeah, I mean, and your your friend at the grocery store, the, the tweet he was referring to that I put out there was, I guess now they've had, in the last seven seasons, they've had a quarterback miss games five of those seven seasons, the starting quarterback. Um, and in some of those, a lot of games, right? <laughs> and so the only two times it happened where the quarterback went wire to wire, 2018, uh, Andrew Luck's last hurrah, which we didn't know at the time, and 2020 with Phillip Rivers. Old man Rivers, Phillip man. Rivers. Didn't miss, didn't miss with any With the snaps. busted toe, by the way. All right? So, I mean, I'll tell you, that, that's been the Colts beat, right? Um, I, think I did talk to someone me. close to Jacob Eason yesterday and, and kind of got the sense that, that one – He's not gonna. He's not gonna back down from this. He knows what's at stake. I mean, Jacob Eason could make a lot of money in those yeah. first couple yeah. weeks if he plays well. That's how it works with backup quarterbacks. And number two, um, he's gonna make mistakes. Like the fans need to understand that you know one or two or three of the preseason games might be ugly. He's gonna make mistakes. Uh, we've seen it in camp. Those of you that have come out to Westfield, you know what we're talking about. I mean, Bobby Okereke was the Colts' leading receiver one day, and the other intended target was the portalettes like over the end zone. I mean, it was, there were some ugly moments. I mean, just a lot of overthrows in that red zone session. So he's going to make mistakes and Frank's going to be patient. And Chris wants to see this guy play and they're going to see him play. And it's going to be really interesting because, you know, I talked to the doctor yesterday about Carson's foot and I said, that's a really wide range, five to 12 weeks. And he said, look, it's all about how the tissue heals. And so they go in. They went in yesterday at 4 o'clock, do the surgery. They pull out that fragment, and the tissue where that fragment was, it's how that tissue heals. So you don't do anything for two weeks. And then Carson can actually start to rehab after that. He can throw a little bit. He can do a little bit of walkthrough. Um, but the good thing is once that fragment is out, he you know once it's fully healed, he's full go. There's not going to be any more issues right. uh, with this particular injury. So that's why the Colts made the move. Um, but well, I mean, it's possible he's back for the opener. Uh, it's probably less than likely though, is what the doctor said. He said six weeks. He said, you don't want to rush this rehab. You don't want to rush the rehab because you want the tissue to heal correctly. And then you want him to be there in, in October and November and then December. So, uh, 17 game season. I think the Colts made the right call. It was a tough call because you're putting the opener in jeopardy, but, um, here we are. I mean, just. Unbelievable. I mean, the second day of training camp, and he steps on the wrong. He steps the wrong way, and uh, he loses the entire preseason. Yeah, I, I do want to continue that point a little bit uh, in terms of the conversation with the doctor and the decision and all that. Okay, I never spent a day in medical school, but I one hundred percent agree. Absolutely, the right decision. Right? Uh, they first of all. You don't have to go too far back to find the Colts making a poor decision on their quarterback's health, okay? And it was coming out of the 2015 season yes. with Andrew Luck. They let Andrew dictate that. Yeah. And, and of course, like, if you're the Colts, you're like, all right, you don't want to have surgery? Hey, man, that's right. Let's go for it. You, you go play, big guy. Uh, right? I mean, that's the easy thing to say. 
it's the easy solution. And I'm not saying they arrived at that decision lightly. And, I'm, and Andrew Luck is a smart guy. But at the same time, I think someone needed to call time out and say, no, 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 no. Hold up. Hold up. Hold up. Right. And so you already know what the what the result of that was. It was absolutely horrendous. Okay. It's oh, two God. years of catastrophic. Drama. I can't think of anything worse. Right. It's it's really it without without that course of events, he probably doesn't retire because he was just tired of the the ongoing saga of injuries. Don't say right? it. Injury, pain, rehab. <laughs> it's kind of an inside joke, but if you watch the press conference, you guys know. Anyway, so my point being, here they're being I think much more proactive in saying, "No, we're going to we're going to do the smart thing, the prudent thing." And I think that's what they had to do. The second thing I wanted to address is because people are armchair doctors, which is the worst kind, <laughs> uh, there's been a lot of questions like, well, how come they didn't get caught You know, when they did the, the medical exam at the combine, the Eagles never caught it, the Colts never caught it, these doctors are a bunch of clowns. Look, all I can tell you is, I mean, the guys played a lot of good football on this thing for a lot of years. Yeah, and no, this they have no idea. Like no one they, had any they, idea. Carson didn't yeah. know. Yeah, Good, right. Because I mean, if Carson Wentz goes and tells a, a team doctor, "Hey, my foot hurts." You better believe they're going to move heaven and earth to figure out what the hell's going on. That never happened. There wasn't any reason to investigate it. So, I don't think there's anybody to blame here. I think, I think the doctor laid it out perfectly. It's just incredibly unlucky. I, I just want to reinforce that, not because I'm apologizing for anybody. I just think facts matter. And and it's really important to make that point. I know you want to get mad at somebody. You want to blame somebody. You want to point a finger. It's not how it works, man. You know? So this just is what it is. Um, and like, honestly, like if, if this was going to happen, it happened on July 30th. Mm-hmm. So, you know, yeah, he's going to miss the preseason and yeah, that's valuable. But Let's say he misses a game. He's back for week two. I mean, that's that's by far not the worst case scenario, considering this could have happened at any point when him playing football this year. And remember, you know, this is a four-year deal. This is a four-year play yeah. on Carson Wentz, and the team wanted to make sure that they're thinking long-term as opposed to, well, this is going to hurt us for Seattle or L.A. You know what I mean? So, right. And, and um, I think Frank Reich alluded to this, too, exactly what you just yeah, said. Yeah, like this is the guy they want to – to really solve this problem that they've been trying to solve since August of 19 when Luck walked away. You know, they went with Jacoby for a year. They went with Rivers for a year. They, they don't want to keep doing this. They don't want to keep running in this hamster wheel and and having to, you know, maybe to trade up in the draft to get a guy or maybe sign someone in free agency. Um, they want Wentz to be the guy. So this is the right move to give him a shot to do that when he does get back. Yeah. So uh, before we get out of here and get to practice, I, I wanted to – Throw one little thought out there, and I don't want to like go over the top with this because people just you know let their minds race. But there is another variable in here, and it's not Nick Foles. There's another quarterback who I think is worth watching. I'm not promising you anything. All right. I think it's worth. All right, I'm gonna go there. I'm gonna go there. There's another quarterback worth watching, and he's already on the roster, and his name is Sam Ellinger. So here's the deal. All right, we if you watch college football, you've seen this guy play a lot. Okay, I was you know. I was like a lot of people. I watched him casually in college at Texas. Uh, amazing leader, charismatic, not overly physically talented, right? Uh, and I really kind of wrote him off. Even in recent days, I was like, all right, well, it's it's easy or bust. However, the only thing I would say is this guy does the, – the intangibles with Sam Ellinger, I think 
this is where they might matter. You know, when you talk about game manager, he can be a game manager. Like, look, I don't, he, in terms of arm talent, he loses to Eason. In terms of size and attributes, he loses to Eason. In terms of all the things that you, all the physical things that you judge a quarterback by, he loses, okay? <laughs> He's inferior to yep. Eason. There's no question. But he is very, very, very strong in the areas where Eason is not, which is, so they're they're like total opposites. And, and those areas are his charisma, his leadership, his, uh, I, I think he's calm in the pocket. He, he, he brings like skittish. a playmaking spunk to the game. I don't know yeah. if that's the right word, but he like he just makes plays. And, and like yeah. everybody who's watched football knows there's just a guy, there's just a guys that come around that can just find a way to make plays. And and another thing that's that's important isn't which is an area where he I think has has been a little bit better than Eason is just he's a more decisive decision maker. Now he's not gonna he's not gonna take a shot down the field to T. Y. Hilton maybe you know in a in a tight coverage situation <laughs> it's not his game and he doesn't really have the big arm anyway. But if you just need a guy to get the ball out and and get it to somebody in position to make a play. I think he can do that. So, look, we got a long way to go. He's not playing against the first team defense. He has a lot of advantages right now that you know where he doesn't have the same challenge that that Eason has. However, as the preseason goes along, all I'm saying is just let's just see what happens there. I don't think we should completely eliminate Sam Ellinger from this conversation. And and I'll tell you, the Colts they're paying attention. He's gotten their attention, and I think he has. That is deservedly so. So I'll just leave it at that, and we'll see. I want to see what today brings. You know, can he can he continue to do it? I thought yesterday was a really good day for him. What does he do today and tomorrow? You know, that's going to be the question. That's what these young quarterbacks gotta gotta push through. Continue to stack good days on top of one. It can't just be here and there. They got to do it all the time. So yeah. we'll see. Putting the, putting the pads on today too. So correct. That's right. And I think we're gonna finally learn some more about. Uh, some players who we think we're seeing some good stuff from, but we got to see it in the pads. And and I think that's what we'll get to in our next episode uh, after we see a couple days of this. So, you know, guys like Ben Banigou, he's great start, but dude, you got to keep going and he's got to do it in the pads. I want to see him be physical and, and go get the quarterback uh, when somebody's actually, you know, putting their hands on you, you know, so we'll see how that goes. Uh, but anyway, as the quarterback turns, that's what, that's what we're dealing with here, as usual. Yeah. Um, all right. Uh, hey, by the way, just before we get out of here, um, you've got some Hall of Fame stuff this week. If you want to tell the listeners about it, uh, Zach, um, maybe. Yeah. I mean, probably don't need much more than two words, right? Edgerin, Peyton. I mean, the Edgerin story was one of one of my favorite ones I've done in a while, just because just hearing stories about Edgerin is just, you know, what a guy, what a, what a character. Um, I think the fans have really enjoyed reading that one. And then I got one today on Peyton Manning and stuff I hadn't even heard. Like I got to talk to the equipment manager who worked closely with him and uh, has some really funny stories about how detail-oriented Peyton was. And <laughs> That's a nice frankly, way of putting it. Uh, that's a nice way to put it. Right. And uh, Andrew Luck got back to me and shared some thoughts on what it was like to follow Peyton. And Chris Ballard was terrific. I mean, we talked for 20 or 30 minutes on the phone about just – how much Peyton changed the state, and, and Chris didn't even realize that until he got here. So um, it's hard to do justice to those two, uh, but I gave it my best effort. So those are both uh, posted on The Athletic this morning. So, yeah, in short, you're pretty lucky if you're a Colts fan because, look, I mean, there's fans, most other teams out there can't say uh, they 
they have a Peyton Manning in in their team's history and legacy. So you know, you're you're pretty lucky. Yeah, and Andrew and James it, is no slouch either. Yeah, <laughs> okay, it'll be it'll be it'll definitely be a, a special weekend in Canton. I'll be out there covering it. Um, two of the best to ever wear the uniform are going in the Hall of Fame. So pretty cool weekend yeah. for sure. Yeah, pretty good stuff. All right, so that's it. Uh, stay tuned for the next episode, and we'll get back into uh, some of the non-quarterback news. And stay tuned to The Athletic. Who knows what today will bring, so uh, don't miss uh, a moment. You never know. <laughs> so, Thanks for listening. I'm Stephen Holder with Zach Kiefer, and this is 1% Academy.